Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hi, Sandy. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm garlicky. Oh, what did you eat? I just had some tzatziki with my lunch. So yummy. Yummy. Yeah, I made it myself. So it's like super garlicky. <laughs> oh, tzatziki. That's like one thing because I'm not eating that much dairy. I have some dairy oh. enzymes now. So I'm like dabbling a little bit more and I take those enzymes to help break it down. Um, mm. But yeah, that's it's a hard thing to replicate on a non dairy diet like I think I'd probably have to do make like a coconut milk thing but then add some vinegar to give it some tang because you don't want it to be like that kind of you need some lemony yeah lemony vinegary just to get the tang out and then I don't know I might I might try there's gotta be recipe I think the key thing with tzatziki has got to be cold yeah definitely yeah (laughs) but yeah it's hard to you're not going to, I wouldn't be able to replicate it the same way. That's one of those things. It's so yeah. yummy. Um, okay. Something that might sound really weird. Have you noticed there's a difference in digestion depending on time of day? Um, in what way? In just what your body can handle? Like gas bloating uh-huh. or speed or... I don't know. It's it's sort of so for me. I I keep my eye on dairy because mm-hmm. I'm lactose intolerant. Like it's not like an allergy or anything. It's just like harder for me to digest. But if I have lactose, like if I had tzatziki at night, I'm like super farty, uh, fart 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 all day. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have la- lactose, um, and this includes like pizza, like if I have cheese um, earlier in the day, my stomach is like, yeah, I got this. Cool, we gotta digest this, and then I'm not farty. Yeah, I don't know. It's like weird, eh? The, the intolerance to lactose is because you don't have enough lactase, which is a yes. digestive enzyme, which your body naturally produces. And over our lives, as we get older, you produce less and less. Some people produce less sooner. So if they have mm-hmm. a lot of people like in their 30s start to like Eric a little bit. He's like, I don't know. Like sometimes dairy doesn't work with yeah. me, but sometimes it's totally fine. So um, yeah. yeah, it could be the form of the dairy that you're eating. I don't know if time of day has an effect on your ability to produce digestive enzymes. Also, enzymes are produced when you eat certain foods, like when you're looking at Ayurveda, mm-hmm. especially, they're using different herbs and different kind of flavors like astringent and all these different things. Those flavors stimulate your body to produce those enzymes more so your body has the ability needs that little trigger because like in our modern diet we just chuck anything in our mouth and our body's not ready so the enzymes are like what is this especially if you don't prepare it and you don't smell it and your body's not reacting like we just get lunch out anyways Uh i could go on a huge ramble but that's so interesting it might just be something to do with how your lactase is being produced at the time of the day I, i never really uh, considered that, but you could just take, uh, 
we were talking before this about digestive enzymes. You could take something that has a, a higher amount of lactase in it. And there's another one or two to break down the sugar after lactase. So get like, I a, actually, yeah, like yeah. I, I do have lactase pills. Yeah. Um, but I find that like, I've just noticed, like if I, if I just have like a little bit in the daytime, it's fine. But if I have a little bit at nighttime, it's farty. I don't know. Hmm. That's cool. I have no idea. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know what it's about. My digestion is, um, it's an interesting creature. Oh yeah. Everyone's is. Yeah. Especially as you <laughs> get older. I know thirties isn't old, but like this is when things start showing up. Like in yeah. my twenty, in my twenties, I barely had any issues and it's kind of like that just effect of your body accumulating stress. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, you got to oil this, ma- this machine really well. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all the good food. Give me all the sleep. Reduce yeah. the stress. Move yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> show it's happening it's demanding. but I actually feel better that's than fine. I ever have so fuck it I'm down yeah yeah because that's the thing when you're young the youth covers up a lot of it mm-hmm. and then you just think you can get away with it so you never learned right because the youth covered up um the symptoms and they they passed so quickly you never really learned how to deal with a difficult um or just like problematic thing in your in your health um yeah. Yeah. You have so more good. like natural resiliency. Exactly. And then that just gives you that bounce back. So you think, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to learn about digestive enzymes. I don't need to learn about time of day and food. I don't need to learn any of this. Whereas now it's like, oh, everything matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. It's very cool. The human body is amazing. Super cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> on like a massive health research binge right now and I love it the book I'm reading is Max Lugavere's uh oh gosh what's it called it's in my bedroom right now yeah yeah um the genius one, foods genius foods yeah so he has I love it yeah genius foods which is like last year or the year before and then I think his newest one it's fairly recent is genius life which I oh have on hold at the library so I'll get it once it's available okay. yeah it's so. already out I didn't know it was already it's out. either out or maybe it's maybe coming? it's not maybe it's coming and at least okay. the library has it on the list and there's already a bunch of people that want it I so bet. Yeah, that'll be I on bet. my in the spring things to do but yeah genius foods is awesome have you gone through that one yeah I actually lent it to my um, mother-in-law my boyfriend's uh mom and I haven't I haven't seen it since then because I, I actually bought it right well she bought it for me for my birthday um and it's so good. I, I like, it's a book I would, I would have bought anyway, just yeah. because, um, I want to like go back and reread it, but now it's with her and I don't know how to ask for it back, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. I want her to read it. So I want her to take her time with it, but I also want to like refresh my memory on certain things that I like kind of remember. I don't know how to ask for it back. I don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. That's hard. I don't know. When you go over there, <laughs> just things. scan the room for it. <laughs> just like look up what I wanted to look up and reread the portions I wanted to reread. Oh, I think it's awkward. also difficult to like, did she ask to read it or did you be like, Hey, you might be interested in this because I'd like to recommend it to a no, lot she, of people in my life, including asked. my mom. Okay. That's cool. Because yeah. I want to be like, Hey mom, read this because yeah, just like any aging brain. I mean, hell I'm super interested in this stuff and yeah. I still have a pretty young brain, but and it's not just your brain, like the way he goes through everything, it's your entire yes. body, like from mm-hmm. when food enters, food, stress, everything, exercise. Yeah. So how it affects your brain. It is fascinating. So I'm like, mom, dad, do you want to read this book? I don't know how to yeah. ask if they want to, but. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know either. Especially when he tells you just to like eat olive oil like straight up. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Fucking love olive it's oil. Like gold. It's the best. Okay. I think uh, what he says about like, um, so he recommends really high quality olive oil. I yeah. think that's like, that's more difficult. Like, I don't know where to get high quality. I don't know. Well, you have to put it in your mouth and it tastes like pepper <sighs> at the back yeah, of your the tongue. Yeah, stuff you get. Yeah, the stuff you get from the grocery store does not taste like pepper. No? Okay. Yeah, I haven't no. tested mine yet. I think it's going to be a mad search. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I, I have done some looking into it. I think there was like one store that's a little bit out of the city I can go to. I just have to make a trip. It's like a specialty olive oil store. Okay. So we'll see. I'm just going to like randomly start trying different bottles of Whole Foods and see how she goes. Do they have samples at Whole Foods? No, we just have to do one bottle at a time. I figure, oh, like, I've okay, not known yeah, yeah. until this point, so we go through <laughs> it relatively quickly. Yeah, if you cook at home, like, oil goes fast, like, yeah. it's in everything, right? They literally pour it on everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've spent eight minutes talking about food. We should have done a food podcast. What the fuck are we doing, Nat? Like, okay, well, no. <laughs> this will link in. Everything is, everything is connected. Okay, should we do the announcement first? Let's do the announcement. Do you want to do da, it? Da, 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 da. No, you do it. Oh, pff. okay. So, <laughs> dad news. Slip <laughs> <laughs> them down slowly and softly. Bad oh, news, no. guys. No, just kidding. Um, Sandy and I have decided that we are bringing this podcast to a close as of the end of March this year, 2020. Wah, wah, wah. Is that... Is that the right sound of that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why is because, well, I work a full-time job. This is a couple, kind of probably like three-ish hours out of my week unpaid, which is totally fine because it is something I love to do. But the extra three hours of my week is three hours away from spending time with my husband, moving my body, which is super big priority of mine, or reading nerdy books about nutrition and we're looking to buy a house probably within the next couple months and that will probably be a renovation job again because we cannot afford a house over a million (laughs) dollars and I need I just need some more time and then after that potential family making stuff so we'll see just gotta open the schedule up and it's not it's like you know i would just love the day to consist of 36 hours and i would do it no problem i (laughs) have no problem doing this if we have more time but you gotta you gotta make a cut and it's hard but i think it's really empowering too no and i think it's it's just part of life it's part of the practice of attachment detachment why are we attached um and all that that kind of wonderful jazz that we study in yoga a lot about, right? Yeah, I was um, actually thinking about yeah. that the other day. Like, mm-hmm. people need to quit things. Yeah. It's necessary. Yeah. It's a very necessary yeah. practice. Yeah. Like, even just thinking about, like, our society, we're very accumulation-y. Like, we want all the things. Mm-hmm. I want all the food. I want all the new stuff. I want all the new books. Um, but it doesn't work like that. That's not. That's not, like, the cyclical nature of our lives our brains and of how the earth works Mm -hmm. um yeah we have to let go of things in order to move to new places in order to find new things in order to go on new adventures so here's to and i think it's like we've almost be one year right it's like about a little bit over a year yeah 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 so we've done pretty well um a lot of it is due to you guys listening consistently and 
you know, supporting us and we've seen the numbers rising over this year, over the months. And it's, I don't know, it's really nice. It's really nice to see that we've, um, like our message has hit some people out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hope people keep asking questions and I hope this has affected the way people think about the practice of yoga and the things that they hear in the industry, not to say mm-hmm. that everything that we've said is perfectly correct. And that's not our intention is just to kind of have you think about things from different perspectives of why, mm-hmm. why, 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 yeah. what about this? What about this? What about this? Keep asking why and digging and yeah, there's tons of resources out there. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of really great podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't Aisha release a podcast? Yeah. We were going to talk about that later. Yeah. Have you, have you listened to it? Yes. Oh, it's good. Okay. Okay. We're going to talk yet. about, we're going to talk about our favorite podcasts okay. on our last episode. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 But if you guys know who that is, then you can check out our podcast. But we'll go into full details later. So today we are actually going to not do the topic we wanted to do. Um, last episode we said, oh, we're going to do a pose breakdown. Um, but we've decided not to. Because we have a limited number of episodes left. And so we're going to talk about the shit that like really excites us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is it that excites us? Go, Nat, go. The amygdala what which is also something we said we would do a podcast on like in the summer or something a long time ago yeah i know yeah it was a while (laughs) so the amygdala is this little i think they say it's like an almond shaped i don't know if it's almond sized i've not looked into the brain that deeply but (coughs) it's at least an almond shaped um, cluster of nuclei and historically the amygdala has been known as the brain's fear center Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's been acknowledged and tested that it is responsible for detecting threats and initiating reactions mm-hmm. from those threats. Before you go on, can you just explain a little bit about what like a cluster of nuclei mean? I don't actually know. I think it's just literally a cluster of nuclei. Do you know more than that? <laughs> um, nuclei. That's interesting. I, I wonder, because nuclei the are nuclear, the nucleus of a cell. Yeah. Right? So when you have yeah. a nerve, one end is like, all right. I guess like the shape is like what you'd think a sperm looks like. <laughs> like literally, what can I say? <laughs> but very well, like, and then the end of the nerves have different lengths. Like some nerves go like down your whole from your yes. lower back down your whole leg to your foot and they're thick and some are thin and have shorter what's the end of the nuclei called anyways dendrites yeah the dendrite so yeah. okay i'm thinking of some types of nerves nerves can be different they can have several little pokey things off anyways nuclei is just the center <laughs> the center the center i'm just gonna google Yeah, so I yeah, I don't know really know what it means, but that's interesting. So it's like a little cluster. Okay, so it's, um, yeah, it's the center it's that like center point of your cell. And your cell you have like a neuron. And it's at the one end, I believe. Uh, you and I are both typing. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, in neuroanatomy, it's not like a, a sperm. nucleus or a nuclei <laughs> is a cluster of neurons in the central nervous system located deep within the cerebral hemispheres and brainstem. So yeah, it's just a cluster of neurons. That's all it is. Yeah. No, it's not like a sperm. Well, like there is a long thing coming off the axon. The axon is the long thing. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, then, guys, if this is not clear. We, I was not prepared for this question. <laughs> Sorry. I just I just <laughs> wanted to know what it meant. I just wanted to, like, picture it in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, so it's, so it's a, just a cluster. Uh, and then you're saying that, okay, the more important shit is this. Fear center. Fear center. Yes. So that's what it's kind of mm-hmm. known to be responsible for. It detects threats and initiates reactions. So it does this through kind of like a hereditary learned response like it's that's kind of encoded in into you to I'm trying to think like I would expect hard to say hard to say but I expect that your body knows that's what it's doing is is see something that it says okay this you should run away from or this you have to attack to save the rest of the people in your group Um, okay so it's something that can like be kind of ingrained in you from your DNA or it can be learned. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm trying so to it's think sort of like, like how much is learned and how much is hereditary, but whatever it's, uh, it's, it definitely yeah. is learned. And some of it I think is just there. Well, yeah. I wonder if it, if it can be activated through a learned behavior, for instance, like, um, uh, someone is, okay. There's a lion yeah. coming at you gonna kill you like you don't have to learn to run away Mm -hmm. you just you just run away even if you've never seen a lion never been in that situation before however let's say um you uh trip over a rug and it really hurts you for some reason i don't know i'm just looking at my rug (laughs) it just came to mind and then it it keeps happening it keeps happening every time you see a rug yeah when you see the rug you're like whoa like you like misstep Well, really unfortunate. It's totally and then true. You develop like a fear response uh, to or, or cautionary response to a rug, um, and of course, this would apply. Like you can consider this with like other tra- traumatic things, right? Like um, I think they they study this a lot in post traumatic. Um, what's it call it? PTS syndrome. Yeah. P- p- post traumatic post-traumatic stress disorder. Stress stress disorder. Stress. P- yeah. <laughs> like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Which right. one is that? All right. Post traumatic stress disorder, um, where there's like a trigger, and it could be something like a household object, but the brain sees it as a threat, like a, a shard of glass or something. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, even though it's not threatening, you've learned that it's a threat through life experience. So that's what I think. That's what you mean, right? Like, there's a ability to trigger the fear response. Um, because of your life experience and it's not like you you went out to learn it it's just your brain learned it um and then there's the uh, genetic encoded deep brain within you the animal within you that will run or will fight when you know a strange huge animal attacks you um no matter what like it would just it, you would just do that without thinking you didn't have to learn it could be the first time it happened could be a hundred times it happened it would still be the same thing mm-hmm yeah, and it's hard to. I was trying to think of a scenario where I actually like have faced fear, but haven't learned about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we grow up learning so much in books, or you like in, on TV, you see a lion, you see a snake, you see a shark, right? Yeah. And we're kind of told, "Ooh, be careful." Falling, falling, so, falling. falling. You never down? get fear. Yeah, you never get afraid when you fall. It depends. Like a like, roller coaster, roller coaster falling. No. Yeah. It, dep- it depends like also it, c- it, it can be something where it not doesn't necessarily happen to you but happens to a family member or your parents like parents that tell their kids like oh be careful or, or be careful or this will happen like those kids yeah, yeah, start yeah. to learn fear from things that they haven't even experienced um whereas like you yeah, know you see like- toddlers that fall down and their pa- parents are like no you're good and they get <laughs> up and they don't cry but if they're like oh my god are you okay and 
it's definitely appropriate to console your child if they are upset. Like, I'm not saying that 100%, please. But if you like say like, oh my God, you might be hurt. Like, this is something yeah, we yeah, should yeah. be afraid of because they just like fell down on the carpet. Then they're like, oh my God, I'm scared. Like, am I hurt? I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, this is like every time I fall down, I'm gonna tripping over a carpet. (laughs) Okay, well, no, but I mean, like, like the fear that comes from, like, you know, that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you like when you're falling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that. That I feel like is a fear that I didn't have to learn. That's like, it's already there. Yeah, I guess so. No, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, um, whenever I've put myself in scenarios where I'm falling, they've been controlled though. So. I'm really trying oh. to, yeah, I guess, no, I think I like that. I think I like that. I wrote, I, weird, I think That's I've told weird. you this before and I think I've mentioned this on this podcast, but I fell off my bike one time when I was mm. in my late twenties, uh, just riding to work or riding downtown. And it's actually weird that one day I wasn't wearing my helmet, which is terrible, Ooh, yeah. but I bailed and like, I bailed straight over going pretty fast and hit my elbow oh, and shit. it was bleeding. And then it was a Sunday and no pharmacies were open. I couldn't, my husband had gone to Costa Rica and taken the band-aids anyways. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, but now Jerk. like going around right corners, I lo- I still have to consciously stop myself from like locking up. And I can't go that fast. I cannot go as fast as the day I did and all the days previous to doing that corner. There's no way. Like I have to really either lock Mm. up or I'm like, I realize I'm like, I I kind of consciously I'm like, okay, soften. Mm. And like, you can go this speed and turn because I'll look, Mm -hmm. my hands will just stop turning. I'll freeze. And my whole body like will come all the way up into my shoulders. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, and that's like, that's the response from my amygdala is like, corner oh, yeah. right corner yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. it's like okay hey, i'm gonna yeah, i'm gonna basically. bail if you don't let me turn yeah. <laughs> um yeah interesting yeah. so that's like a I, good yeah, example I mean, of a very much learned response yeah i mean it's a good question like what are there any responses that are not learned i don't know it's like falling something attacking you well it's true Heat, like our pain. responses to everything are just an accumulation of our experiences and other people's experiences and your amygdala holds on to the ones that it knows it needs to like the keeps a tally i guess you could say on like the threats where it's like okay i need to respond quickly to that so your amygdala is in conversation well it is your nervous system because it's their nuclei, their your brain is part of your nervous system, but it's turning on and off your fight or flight response. So when we're talking about sympathetic and parasympathetic, in today's world, we want to be more parasympathetic. If you have this overactive amygdala, that's um, it's kind of saying everything around you can hurt you and it's on mm-hmm. all the time, then this is going yeah. to feed into being in a overly sympathetic state or more of the time yeah. sympathetic. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of the many links right there. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so in some ways though, the amygdala is really, really important as a ridiculously important. Yeah. Keeps us alive. Yeah. More recently. So that's kind of like the historical, understanding of the amygdala but more recently in more recent research it's understood that it's involved in processing positive stimuli as well Ooh! so it's a little bit more known to be this emotional center it definitely still does the fear and the anger stuff and that like not needing to think reaction it holds that role but it 
is involved also potentially in reaction processing of positive stimuli tell me more well i think it's <laughs> well it, it is one of the structures that makes up the limbic system which is really known as your kind of emotional center the limbic mm. system takes all sorts of different stimuli and then links to motion emotion and memory interesting so the way and i won't i can't i cannot actually like name all the structures but for example when you smell a certain smell Mm -hmm. like if you smell a certain yoga room e-smell you might just very vividly be in that yoga room or have the feeling that was associated with that yoga class right Uh uh-huh okay your brain links all that shit together and that in the limbic system is not necessarily saying it's positive or negative. It's it just relays you back to that emotion and that memory like very strongly. That's so cool. Yeah, that's why essential oils are used a lot for emotions. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Cool. But then, wouldn't that depend on what you've previously been exposed to when it comes to essential oils? Yes, definitely. So some of it is, again, that kind of learned, already instilled in your system. Like if something terrible happened to you and there's lavender, the smell of lavender, then yeah. that's not going to help you. Yeah, I fucking hate no lavender. Matter, don't yeah. put lavender on your pillow before you go yeah, to bed. Like that fucking would suck. Yeah. Have night terrors. Um, but <laughs> some of it is like the compounds in those oils actually work with your nervous system yeah that's, yeah that's an aside but that's how kind of how they work there oh. there's like there's chemicals in them they're chemicals so they help yeah. to actually yeah. f- make you feel um different things but yeah if you have an emotional or like a memory with the scent like people my mom's friend i was she was smelling like some frankincense and she's like oh i can't like this just reminds me of church <laughs> and like church oh. from like <laughs> 40 years ago or something that yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. like yeah. a gleeful like experience of church yeah uh, it was a terrible just one. like oh, yeah wow. it was it was just like i don't know not not great so like okay, okay don't use that then. <laughs> it's Interesting. not gonna help <laughs> yeah so the amygdala is point of part of one of those uh or one of the structures that makes up the limbic system cool. heavily involved with how our emotions are processed and how our fear and anger responses um turn on okay Okay, that sounds that makes sense. So it it turns on the fear response or the fight or flight or the sympathetic response, mm-hmm. and then when it senses safety, it turns off. I don't know if it's as much as an on or off. Okay, yeah. Okay, I can't say, and I don't think actually research can really say potentially, right. but I, I definitely don't know that. It's probably a lot more complicated than that, actually. It's definitely like there's still a lot of research being done on this part of the brain. Yeah. Yeah, the brain is so cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me about fear. All right, so fear is kind of defined as an adaptive emotional response that is coordinated in the brain by the nuclei of the amygdala. Um, so it's it's adaptive. I think what's an, what's important there is it's necessary to keep us safe. I think in our modern lives, the the notion of fear and anger, like there's a negative connotation around them, mm-hmm. but it's only when those are kind of used inappropriately or your body is turning on those responses inappropriately that it can have uh, negative or potentially detrimental effects. 
but it really is a, our safety mechanism. It's not bad. It's like, it's there for a reason. It's like tension. It's, it's linked to tension, right? And everyone's like, oh, tension is bad. Tension also serves a purpose in your body to kind of hold you structurally upright, literally. <laughs> so yeah, it, my therapist always said that um, every emotion has a, uh, it, it has, every emotion has like a purpose to come up. It, it has like a, a reason that it came up. And our job is to figure out, um, using our logic and our rational mind, um, why did that come up? And what can I do to like soothe that subconscious within me that is reacting to it? So like if someone cuts you off in traffic and you get mad, like what, what was that madness for? Was there a limitation that you put on there that they had trespassed? Was there, um, you know, some sort of your freedom that was taken away that made you angry? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting, I think with fear, it's more, is fear more linked to pain then? Oh. Like avoiding pain, avoiding threat. You know mm, what I mean? Like pain, I want to actually dig into pain and we might have time to squeeze it into one of our last episodes, but just on the high level pain. Yeah, I guess there is a real, probably a relationship there. Pain is telling you to stop doing whatever you're doing. And fear is telling you to that pain it might happen if you do that thing. Yeah. See, so that's that's how I see the linking mm -hmm. so fear is yeah is essential for keeping us alive because it's our avoidance of like pain it's of avoidance of putting your hand in a fire yeah fear is like don't make the pain happen pain is like okay you did the thing <laughs> stop doing the thing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> he, he didn't listen yeah <laughs> so yeah all these emotions in that context are like they're just they're survival mechanisms. They're like super important adaptation emotions to um, allow us to thrive. Mm -hmm. It's like you can think about it um, in parallel with whatever your favorite body system is. Like, so say you're a big person who loves the musculoskeletal system um, and you love working out your quads. <laughs> you just, you can't just only work out your quads. <laughs> You can't, like, say your quads is whatever emotion, like, joy or something. Like, you, I mean, Big you could have, quads. you can have a lot of joy, but you kind of, in order to process things and make decisions, you have to have, in order to make decisions, you have to discern between positive and negative and what pros are going to, kind of pros, cons, mm -hmm. what you want out of the scenario. So you have to. You can't just be like, everything is amazing. I love cucumbers mm. and bananas and apples and oranges. I put all of them in my smoothie. Oh my God, it's going to be so great. You're like, no, I have to like weigh, I have to weigh this out. So in order for like kind of cognition in a way, you need to have a bunch of emotions at your fingertips and that you can draw upon and not be locked into like positivity or negativity too much. Mm. Yeah, no, no. That's no, the way it works in my brain, anyways. Yeah, I think most of our brains. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so positive or negative emotions? Oh, sorry, the power of negative emotions. Oh yeah. So I have the power. Kind of went over this a little bit. So 
you need your negative emotions in order to act quickly. So again, like this amygdala, it's really a response. You're not like, there is a truck coming towards me. <laughs> it would be, I would experience more joy if I didn't get hit by the truck. Yes. <laughs> like, you're just like running or moving or doing whatever. It's, it's in there. It's this fast response. The fight, yeah. the fight, flight, or potentially freeze if it mm-hmm. swings the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so fear to escape anger is to aggress. So more kind of protective that might be more involved if you have other people around that you're protecting or if you just know that running is not an option. So yeah, you can kind of get locked into those sometimes. Not ideal. You want to be able to go in, use them, and go out. Mm-hmm. Power positive yeah. emotions. So power positive emotions. You have this, the positive emo- emotions give you a, a uh, before you hold on go hold on yeah. just a sec okay so the power of negative emotions so you're saying that when you experience so one of the roles of fear in our brains is to help us escape from potential harm yeah i get that okay mm-hmm. cool and then the power of anger is to rise to an occasion and fight that potential harm so it doesn't harm us mm-hmm. interesting so in today's world of I don't know (laughs) just this like I was saying like like you're driving along the road and then someone cuts you off no one's in actual danger Mm -hmm. you don't need you know they're they're not actually threatening you you just have perceived that they've taken away a freedom of yours or they've taken away a right of yours Mm -hmm. it was my road but he cut in front of me I am so angry yeah or maybe like you see as a potential danger even though they might be like cut in front of you with ample time or space. Yeah. And you're just pissed because you know, you're just fucking pissed. Tell me how you feel Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've, I've done a lot of work to deal with this. <laughs> I have, but I, I see it in like a lot of other people, right? Like what the fuck, what are you doing cutting in front of me? You know, like mm-hmm. I just think of that's like in so the cars, like, the I don't know. We, we have this learned thing about being able to do that in the car where, you just wouldn't do that if someone was walking in front of you. You would never do that. Yeah. Um, however, like what you do in the car affects you so much more. Like now you're you're rising to a state of anger um, that you can't act on mm-hmm. either. Unless you like literally jammed your car into their car, which would put you in danger, right? Mm-hmm. Actual yeah, danger. Exactly. So you probably wouldn't do that. Um, so what do you make of that? Like what do you make of like our... So knowing the ancestral, like the um, biological functions of emotions, and then in today's world where a lot of that is no longer applicable, like we don't have um, a tiger running after us. There's no fires that we're putting our arms into. Uh, well, rarely, I guess. <laughs> I think a lot of it is that learned learned stuff. So yeah, like yeah. the way you learn how to drive is usually from your parents or people close to you and your family, close friends those reactions part of hanging on to negative emotions that don't serve a purpose um I've experienced at least as it to be part of my identity that's hard to get rid of oh interesting and I've yeah like I don't know how to I I grew up like being oh I still am like a super sarcastic person and I like to make fun of people in a in a light way. <laughs> Eric and I always do this. <laughs> okay. But I actually like right. don't hate or think badly that much at all of 
people. Okay. Even like Donald Trump, I do not like him uh-huh. whatsoever, but I understand that he is literally doing what he thinks is right. Okay. I just kind of feel sorry for him. Interesting. And all of America. But I can <laughs> I can like watch the news and not get really upset and mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's cool to, for him to touch women inappropriately maybe have more feelings around that but you know like I'm pretty chill but I can still I still have a attitude where I can put people down in like a funny way and it's uh yeah like it's just part of me and it's really hard to get rid of so I think I used to have like more anger tied into it or like this like Mm. weird defensive anger and now it's really like light and funny and there's no Mm. actual like there's really nothing behind it at all so in my car Mm. if someone like is being weird cutting me off or being an a-hole that like things that we categorize as those things i'll like kind of like sing to myself like you are an asshole (laughs) (laughs) or more recently i'm just like you are having a bad day and you woke up and your kid was sick and now you're late for work. Like I'll do these like singing oh, things and I'll... <laughs> okay. That's, that's genius actually and because just, like, singing... Just sing it. Yeah. Yeah. Singing is a stimulation of the parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. It keeps yeah. it like light and bubbly yeah. and then I'll like tell myself a story yeah. about them that they're really not having a day, good day for a specific reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I'll be like, I didn't appreciate that. you're so cute oh that's the the way I do but yeah like letting kind of changing the way I did things even in my own head it's like a this feeling of like letting go of a part of yourself if you've grown up and learned to do certain things emotionally then when you change people like you think people are going to think you've changed or you're losing a part of yourself I think people get tied and sucked into their emotions a lot yes yes and that's yeah that's exactly it right like the anger bubbles up and then you're just in the anger and I mean it's it's not a bad thing to be in it just like to be in joy and to be like surrounded by that sensation of it Um, but I also agree that like it's it no longer has a purpose right you're not going to act on it you're not going to you know um get out of your car and and you know give him a good old beating up i don't know what you would do yeah <laughs> like driving away from you yeah. but uh, yeah you're not going to act on it um so that energy needs to be transformed in some way um i've just like give like taken the practice of like um knowing that the anger is because I feel like, you know, he's violated a rule or he's violated my space or some right. And then I just have to remind myself like, no, this is an open road. There, there is no, he has as much right as I do to to be here. Yeah. So, and that usually like chills me out. It's like, yep. And most of the time, like when I do do something stupid in my car, like I'm like, oh shit, sorry. Oh my God, that wasn't good. Like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like I didn't see you. I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I wish they could hear me that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I love that. I love the the singing of a, um, I don't know, just anything. (laughs) Yeah. It is hard to break habits. Like you're really good friends. The people you hang out with a lot, like they know that you act a certain way. So changing the way you act is very Mm -hmm. hard. Yes. But you can just lighten it up and start to weave in a bit more compassion. That's what I've done. And yeah, 
Yeah, and I think that that's the other thing. Like you don't owe it to your friends to say stay the same. You owe it to yourself to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And if that means change, that's change, right? Yeah. Like you don't owe your friends anything. Um, that's not how it works. Because the more you, the more you let those negative emotions, even if it's that not like hard and fast fear response, but the more you kind of play with those and let those be the narrative. Mm-hmm. the stronger they get in being yeah. the natural response exactly yeah so this is like where the power of positive emotions comes in you can change how you're getting kind of stuck in that that story of needing to respond in this one way the negative way yeah so i think that's one thing where like mindfulness and the yoga practice of aware of it and then making the decision whether or not to be in it Mm -hmm. um, is really helpful because if you're just like oh I'm angry oh I'm sad oh I'm happy like you're just living emotion 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 like they just come up and you they bubble up within you and you just like you're tugged from one emotion to the other Um, it's like you have no control you're just reacting to everything in in your life you know I'm angry this email came in now I'm happy now I'm sad now I'm watching the news and I'm angry again um whereas with with some mindfulness training which is like the the power of a, a consistent yoga practice we can start to see like I'm just this tool of my biology and I don't want to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you really do have more control. People have more control than they give themselves credit to be able to have. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's a practice, right? Like, we do have the control, but we have to keep going back to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, And if you're around sometimes people that um, are more negative, you can get sucked into that and then you can kind of fall back into that place. Yeah. So kind of keeping a, a social what's it called group um sorry i just had a missed call on my phone i was like who is this this is definitely hey, spam. pay attention 100 percent hey, hey. spam um hey. <laughs> not pay attention your social put it down your social circle yeah <laughs> no one calls me that's definitely like who, it just text me it's definitely spam um so strong i'm gonna call you one day and just be like hey nah so yo do it i'm gonna miss you <laughs> Don't say that. Okay. No, <laughs> my emotion. But you're part of my social circle full of positivity. Yes, so you're not going anywhere. Don't worry. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad. <laughs> As are you, sweetie. So that can help. Help. Thank you. That can help mm-hmm. uh, strengthen your amygdala to act like a normal amygdala. Chill the fuck out, amygdala. Come on, man. Wouldn't that be so cool if we could be like in the car and you're experiencing this anger and then you like tap on your ear and you're like, hey, amygdala, chill the fuck out. And then your anger goes away. Yeah. That'd be really cool if you could like hack your amygdala. You can definitely. (laughs) I mean, people can train themselves to do anything like Pavlov's response, training the dog to like, yeah, salivate with the flu food and then with the bell. Anyways, I won't go into that. You could probably like, yeah, have a response where you're being overly, unnecessarily negative and you just poke yourself in the third eye or something. <laughs> Get it. Step it. <laughs> that would be really funny if we could make that a thing. Like it, it, the latest fad. Yeah. Latest wellness fad. Yeah. But like these little, these little conversations that we have in our head where you're in um I want to say conflict with 
people who you're not talking to. So you ever, <laughs> I'll explain. What? Say that again. <laughs> so, okay. Do you ever do this in the kitchen where like you and Paul are in the kitchen and he's in your space or like he grabs a knife when you want the knife, for example, and in your head, you're like, ah, like, you know, like, or something, something, there's like maybe a different scenario for you. Okay. There's like a scenario where happens like a, a lot with my friends and their partners. You're, okay. you're like, <clears throat> excuse me why did this person do this thing? Like I wanted to have the knife to cut my whatever potato, Okay, okay. but they sure. took it. So that makes me angry. <laughs> and it is like this, it's very like low level, that like little annoyance, yeah. but like uh-huh. he didn't know that you wanted the knife because you didn't say anything. So why are you getting upset about it? Because the guy yeah. can't read your friggin' mind. Yeah. So in your head, taking those times and just being like oh yeah probably should have said something I'm gonna do something else or like hey babe can I grab the knife after you instead of being like oh what the hell Uh, fucking give me back my knife I think those things like add and grow in like as you get older and if you don't deal with that shit like it's just I swear to god when I go to my parents house sometimes they're just like constantly like huffing at each other and then going in the other room oh no really well like I don't know if I've seen it that often maybe I'm just around some really well uh well adjusted people that's good but I don't yeah I don't know if I've seen it where it's like no actually yeah yeah okay yeah yeah now that I'm thinking there must be something yeah there must be there are yeah where I can see someone else's knee-jerk reaction and it's always the same yeah yeah it's true Mm -hmm. okay I, I think that's like, I, I don't know, you have to go back. to the bathroom yeah. and the person in the bathroom and you're like, oh, <laughs> and <laughs> do you notice how that just becomes like, it becomes who you are. Yes. You either become the mouse or you become the lion or, you, you know, like you become this person who is just an amalgamation of all these emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you, like you can even think about like, oh, how would you describe this person? And you just think back to like all their reactions of all these things. Like, yeah. And you know, I get it. Really, yeah. like, I, I know control you, you mean. that stuff. Well, yeah, because you don't. What uh, my teacher says that um, the the mind is a, a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. Like, are you the master of your mind, or is the mind the master of you? Are your emotions just mastering you, pulling you around, and that's who you've become, or is there something else? Like, can you be the person who controls it and chooses who you are? Mm-hmm. Because it is, it does become your identity, right? It becomes how, like, I see that person, you see that person, that person sees themselves. I think people have this idea that our brain is what it is, what's been biologically created, structurally, whatever is there, is responsible for the way that we think. And it is 100% not the case. Like, we know now that our brain is completely plastic. It learns, it changes, even like form and density and the amount of gray matter, um, depending on our experiences, how we move, which is information for our brain, um, the things that we eat that we're able to digest, the nutrients to break down, the mechanisms to fire, the hormones and neurotransmitters, like it is extremely dynamic and you have so Mm -hmm. much control of it. Big part of that just being how you choose to think. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's so cool. And just to clarify, you said the brain is plastic and I'm like, there's going to be a bunch of people out there thinking like, my brain is made of plastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So no, she doesn't mean like actual plastic. Uh, Neuroplasticity is like neuroflexibility. Um, 
yeah it's just the way your brain can change and morph it can like uh if one part of your brain isn't doing its job another part of the brain has been shown to take over you know things like that yeah yeah it's learning we call that plasticity yeah it's plasticity <laughs> like my brain is plastic almost everything in your body is that way though yeah Even your bones yeah. like regenerate very quickly absolutely and yeah. and change shape in response to stress absolutely yeah um okay let's go with positive emotions because we spend a lot of time with negative mm-hmm. and it's good it's good to like clarify but yeah yeah let's let's get okay some, so the power of positive positivity. emotions um you can use them as a physical resource to fight stress and disease so uh-huh. again we mentioned like all the ways just mentioned like movement and food and da, 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 that can change your brain but if you don't have access to a lot of that stuff or good quality food and even if you do just changing the, the narrative that using yeah. more positive reactions can yeah. actually fight stress and disease. Like yeah. not just feeling crappy, actual inflammation and disease. It's yeah. huge. <laughs> problem solving. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> problem solving. So being able to have without that quick response turn on, having the time to assess and that's like associated with like a clearer mind overall, you would say, like more focus, clearer mind. Yeah. You have that space to problem solve, to figure things out. Um, fuel resiliency in confronting stress. So that's kind of similar, but well, not necessarily. Yeah, that's different enough. So when you're faced with a stressful situation, you're not going into the knee-jerk reaction and you don't kind of like break down because of it. Like you can actually handle stress. Stress, mm-hmm. stress is again not not a bad thing if you're reacting to it appropriately and then turning that reaction off and putting it aside for the next time you use it. Um, because yeah, our body we get sick if we're always stuck in the stress response. Yes. Um, flexible thinking, broader view of life. I have a note on that. Mm -hmm. So again, I think that's kind of just like we can get tunnel vision, um, in a more, would you say that? Like, I guess people who have experiences of maybe more like depression and anxiety, any, anything towards that spectrum, there's your world gets a little bit smaller because you, and very generally speaking, thinking are more about yourself and the fact that you don't feel good. Mm. Yeah, I think because, would it be because negative emotions help us deal with one scenario? Maybe. Yeah, that could be it too, yeah. Yeah, like they generally help you deal with this just Because you're thing. focused in on like this one yeah. problem. So that can yeah. get extremely overwhelming. You can yeah. be focused on this one thing, not in a knee-jerk way, but those negative emotions can pull you in to focus on this one thing where you have the rest of life going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it gives you kind of like this yeah. big, broader view, clearer view. Feels good. Yeah, I like that. Um, that one is really cool because that's kind of the way I've started to change thinking about health mm-hmm. and wellness um, and exercise included with all that. 
uh, I think a lot of people think like, especially with like these 30 day challenges going up and like, um, yeah, I got to do this diet. I'm, I'm on keto now, like whatever it is. And if you break from it, like if you have a cheat day or if you just like your willpower got lost, a lot of people are just like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. This doesn't work for me. I just, I'm just throwing down my hat and I'm going to give up. Um, whereas like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I've started to think about health and wellness more in like the really long term um, way of looking at it. Like if you could just zoom out, stop looking at this one failure and instead see that you've done seven days out of 30. So what? Um, that's m- seven more days than you did before. Right. And in the, the bigger picture of it, now you have a you had less time in that state of uh whatever it was like let's say eating poorly and like having a bag of chips a day so you had less time eating a bag of chips a day than you did before and that's still an improvement and if you really zoom out even those seven days especially if you repeat those seven days once a month they actually accumulate um over time we don't think about that they accumulate because we don't feel that it, they accumulate but actually over time they accumulate to like maybe even like a protective mechanism to lower your blood pressure or make it harder for you to have that high blood pressure later on in life you know it just like gives you a little bit more time later that you might not see right now but it, there is this cumulative effect um, and I think that that is super hard to see when you're deep within it thinking that you failed a challenge or something uh-huh yeah um i was just thinking about that like the yeah the challenges yeah and the stress like in the yoga world i actually listened to a podcast one of ben greenfield's recently i think it was one of the most recent ones we had a woman um who's an expert in meditation on and she was saying like for the love of whatever any god (laughs) or anything okay please do not be stressed out about not doing your meditation practice because yes that is like the antithesis to meditation (laughs) meditation is about like (laughs) spending some time in the present moment and when you're stressed about meditation like you're there's a distance between you and the thing you have to do and that is what stress is yeah yeah. That is the definite, like, kind of, like, there's you, there's the thing, you're not there yet, you're trying to get there, yeah. or you feel bad that you didn't get there, and something, or, like, how did she put it, like, uh, like, the striving for? Kind of, like, the striving for, like, there's the here, and then there's, like, kind of, like, the where you want to be. Yeah, like, the barrier and you to get kind there. Kind of separate something from yourself. She said it yeah. in different language, but this is the idea is like that is, that creates the stress, the kind yeah. of strive and you, you need to have goals and strive towards things. But like if you're doing yeah. that daily because of meditation, like oh, I need to meditate now. Oh, I didn't meditate. Oh my God, I feel bad. Yeah. Then like you yeah. are creating stress and that's completely not cool. No. And, and yeah, I just like, I just go back to like the whole big picture. Like at least you did meditate for 15 minutes yesterday. So what if you didn't t- do it today? Why does not doing it today prevent you from doing it again tomorrow? Exactly. Just because you, yeah, it's because you thought you failed, but you didn't. Like at the end of the day, zoom out 10 years, you meditated off and on for like most of that. It still has this cumulative effect. It's still going to change you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you allow one failure to be the the haystack on the camel's back that breaks the entire structure, um, 
yeah i just feel like yeah like everyone wants everyone wants like and i i'm totally guilty of this like i want like immediate transformative change and i know that i have to put daily work but there's like it doesn't it doesn't lots of things in life don't work that way so most things in life just don't work that way mm-hmm. um and i think i'm finally like learning that in like a real way in like so many parts of my life like health wellness meditation yoga practice like and I'm, it's like finally letting myself forgive myself for like not doing a daily practice like so what oh god yeah who the fuck cares like doesn't matter i do mostly every single day practice mostly you know and like who's to judge me for that you know i don't know well it's just, it's it's a, just really a stupid thing that anyone ever made up it's just a marketing thing anyways yeah i think it's it is, ridiculous yeah. <laughs> like you need to balance the movement of your body with like actual strong cardiovascular exercise for the health of your heart and your brain so like yes i'm gonna go running tomorrow fuck it I'm, I'm good i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to yoga tonight i'm gonna go running, running tomorrow and then maybe like four three yeah. or four days i think i got another yoga class book like that's my jam and yeah if I, I love get it tight at home i do i do myofascial release roll around but like meditation it's not happening right now i'm doing a box breath pranayama when i lie down every night in bed oh most, so good most yeah yeah, um, yeah i love it and that's like what's working for me like i just yeah yeah I'm just no, I not going to be concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking me forever also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, anyway, back to like the whole positive emotion, positive mindset. Like, I think that for me is like the biggest change. And I, I didn't link that to positive mindset. But I think, yeah, that had to come. Like, it has to be. You have to not think narrowly in order to think that way, right? Like, you have to zoom out. Yeah. You have to back out and you have to allow for a lot of positivity you have to build that positivity Mm -hmm. into it and that's where like I think just that the practice of compassion just like compassion to yourself to all that can really just like sweep out the negative emotion Mm -hmm. um yeah and like it I used to kind of feel kind of like a goof when I think about everything from that viewpoint because I wasn't used to it yeah but feels mm-hmm. fucking great now <laughs> I know right I know seriously <laughs> I always say like my 30s I'm like more mentally stable <laughs> like, yeah my 20s are really rocky um mm-hmm. but now like I'm, I'm in my 30s but like there's more physical shit going on but like I'm rock solid in my brain yeah that's awesome yeah. that's yeah. super important. I think that just comes with age right mm, no experience yeah, no it's work it's work oh it's work it's awareness and mindfulness and work <laughs> that's so true actually yeah now that I'm thinking I always you always think everyone's like you but yeah, yeah no. no no you're you're so right yeah you're so right so it's yeah gotta keep communicating the shit yeah cool I yeah, think that's showing about up. all the I want to say about the amygdala but like take-home messages like you can change the way it's firing just by taking pause and actually just changing your thought process that takes that's a little bit awkward at first but I mean as yoga teachers that's something we can um weave into our classes when it's necessary and as yoga practitioners it's just like a way you can kind of take a look at your practice and then yeah I'm a big proponent on bringing it outside the studio probably practice it more outside this a studio space or a class space practice space mm-hmm yeah yeah it's like yeah 
main message I'd say is like, don't be a jerk to yourself. Don't be a jerk to other people. Um, and yeah, that's it. Maybe you have to <laughs> sing some things when you get. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Exactly. Funny accents helps. There's a lot of tools that I use. <laughs> so I think we should mention, um, please do listen to the parasympathetic. What was it? The um, It wasn't parasympathetic. What was the one where we talked about singing and vocal tone with uh, parasympathetic? The, the vagus nerve. Yeah. Listen, okay. So I'll link up the vagus nerve in our show notes because that one is really good. It, it does show you how to um, transition like some techniques that that we know of like singing Mm -hmm. to help you transition out of a um fear or anger or uh what's the call it sympathetic um physical state yeah fear breath work there's a lot of things that can tone your vagus nerve yeah cool all right um that's a wrap that's a wrap i think yeah a few more episodes left and um Thanks for the chat. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, We'll catch you all next time. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye.